0: back to split decision this week on episode 11 we'll be recapping ufc singapore after that we'll talk ufc paris Gone versus spivak we'll give you our top five french things i may have taken a couple liberties there but uh after that we'll finish up with some q a's and some in that'd be question answers and news all right let's go Ratchet.
1: All right, so let's take a look back at UFC Singapore from this past weekend. It was a card where I feel like only the uh, the real fans – I don't even want to say real fans. I don't want to gatekeep like that. But you had to wake up early. I think the main card started at 7 a.m. So you had to be dedicated. As an American with that time zone, like you had to make it a plan and part of your Saturday to get up and watch this card. But it did not disappoint. A lot of great fights, uh, a lot of great moments. And the first one we're gonna look at is the main event, and it was Max Holloway, one of the best UFC fighters of all time, definitely one of the best 145ers of all time, versus the legend, the Korean Zombie. It ended up being Korean Zombie's last fight, which was a rumor coming in. Uh, But man, Max Holloway, he has proven time and time again, he can beat anyone in the division who's not named Alexander Volkanovski. He pretty much dominates everybody else in the division, and today or on saturday he did that uh korean zombie wanted to have a firefight he wanted to trade shots max is the wrong guy to do that with probably the strongest chin in mma maybe i'd agree with that and max withstood a couple shots and then his shots korean zombie was way too reckless he had a which is i don't know if i've ever seen this from max holloway he knocked he literally knocked one punch knocked Korean zombie out, face planted on the ground. It was impressive.
0: Max it really Holloway was.
1: proved he's still one of the best in the UFC. What do you think about the fight?
0: Man, this this fight was crazy. Um, you know, I wholeheartedly plan on waking up early for this. When I set my alarm for like five thirty, woke up before it. I was excited. You know, it felt like one of those days for me. Um, you know, saw a bunch of bangers early in the morning. Kind of got the day day moving. But on this fight. We both had, you know, Max had heavy
1: odds coming in, so we thought he was going to win. I think everybody thought the fight was going to go like this coming in. It was just to see it was right, it was like emotional, it was you know, emotional yeah. and it was almost like a masterpiece.
0: Yeah, it, it was a big thing. Um th- this fight was great. You know, Holloway showed, like you said, strongest chin in in current UFC at least in his division. He's never gotten dropped, he's, which it, is a crazy stat. He's got crazy power. Uh I don't know. Like you said, he's been in the UFC for a while. We talked about this. Since last he was like week. twenty
1: years old, and he's thirty-one right now. So.
0: So like he yeah he may he may be on the back end technically of his career, but he's not showing it. He's he's killing everybody he walks in front of, unless they're Alex Volkanovski. Honestly, I guess that's, you know, that's the obvious number four of a fight. But if he doesn't do that, what does Max Holloway do next?
1: You know, does he move up? Yeah, what I happens? think. I think he doesn't move up. He stated he doesn't really want to move up at this point. He did say he wants Volkanovski four, but I think even he realizes it's hard to ask for a fourth fight when you lost the first three, unless it's undeniable. So to make it undeniable, he has to beat literally every contender in the division, and he's almost done that. I think the two guys, I would say, if he beats Ilya Taporia in his next fight, and he beats him pretty convincingly, I would say title fight, so I think that's a good fight for him. Another good fight for him is a guy that was on this card, Giga Chikadze. I think that would be an exciting fight, but honestly I think that fight wouldn't be nearly as competitive. I think it would kind of go along the same lines as this Korean zombie fight just went.
0: Yeah, no, I like I like both of those. Uh, definitely Chikadze would be an interesting fight if Holloway is going to, you know, like you said, gatekeep for that another title shot. But I don't think that's his plan. I think you're right. I think he not takes a step down, but if Volk's not going to fight him next for the fourth time, I think he does. I
1: agree with you. I think he goes back and he fights Teporia. And then shout out to Korean Zombie, a great career. He had a great send-off, whole crowd singing his song. Uh, He's a legend in the sport. Uh, Sad to see him go, but he went out on a shield, and I don't think you can respect how a guy went out any more than that.
0: No, absolutely. All all respect for the Korean zombie, Chan Sung Jung. All right. The co-main event for UFC Singapore featured Anthony Lionheart Smith versus, what's Ryan Spawn's middle name? Or not middle name, his uh, nickname? Superman. Ryan, Ryan Superman, Superman Spawn. Yeah, thank good you. Good nickname. Yep. Can't believe I forgot that one. Uh, this was an exciting fight, dude. Honestly, it could have gone either way. I, you can't, like you said a minute ago, you can't say it's a rob. Uh, because it was actually close. Yeah,
1: it was a split decision win for Anthony Smith. Twenty nine, twenty eight. I think was what most of the two of the judges had it. I had it twenty nine, twenty eight. The By Spawn, but it was a pretty much a toss him up fight. Right. Spawn had him hurt at the be uh, not the
0: beginning of the fight, but somewhere in the in
1: beginning, the second round, beginning middle of the fight, he had a chance to finish him, and he just kind of he blew it, laid on him, and once Anthony recovered, it was kind of boring after that. But Anthony was more the more active fighter. He got more—he uh, was hitting him more. Uh, so, Anthony ends two straight losses, but his last two wins are both against Ryan Spawn. So, it's kind of, you know— Yeah, it— Ryan Spawn that also ended—he came into this with six straight fights ending in the first round. He won three of those, lost three of those. This one did not live up to that. It was a—it obviously went to decision. So, that streak ended for him. I Listen,
0: I— I'm not disappointed with this fight, honestly. I think the the reason we felt as though Spawn won was because we picked him pre-fight. You know, if if we'd have both had Smith pre-fight, or one of us would have had Smith pre-fight, I don't think the feeling saying you know that Spawn won would even be there. I think it's we just have a kind of no, bias. No, I think it was room. pretty
1: even. I think it could have gone either way. I just happen to see it in Spawn's favor, but that, that's what I'm saying.
0: Um, so where do you see Smith, you know, going from here? Where where does Anthony Lionheart Smith. Who does he fight? You know, he's already lost to Johnny Walker. You know, he's not really moving up. It's it's not a stale division, but it's a stagnant division with yeah, with I the don't... middle group of guys. Because you have, you know, you have Yuri. You have Magomed Ak- Ak- Ankalaev, You have Alex Pereira. You have Jan. Then you have Johnny Walker underneath well, Krylov. You, you
1: didn't even name uh, Jamal Hill.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I was skipping over the champion. I was just talking about contenders. Well, he's not the champ right now. Oh that's true. He had to vacate. I Forget about that. He had to vacate. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just a stacked up division where it's stagnant in the middle. So Smith, if he's not being a gatekeeper, what does he do? You know, where does he where does he go from here
1: moving up? Uh, yeah, I don't think he's any I don't I hate to say it, but I don't think he's a serious contender for the belt anytime soon and he's older so probably ever. But maybe like a uh if a guy that fights this weekend, uh Ozdemir, if he uh, yeah, wins Yeah, Volkan Ozdemir. Maybe if he gets a win, you line them up. Uh, you know, he pretty much he has a pretty good selection to choose from. It's just not going to be any of the top guys, I think.
0: I agree with that. I think he, uh, you know, he has a few trials and tribulations he has to face if he wants to make one last run. But from there, you know, he has to he has to continue to win.
1: All right. So the next fight we're going to look at Giga Chikaze, the ninja, taking on Alex Casares, Bruce Leroy. This was a fight. uh, It was Shikate's first fight back since January of 2022, where he suffered his first UFC loss. So he took his time after a loss. He really got beat up by Calvin Cater. He came in today. He won the fight. He pretty much, I wouldn't say dominated, but he was in control of the fight. Uh, He did break Caceres's arm early in the fight. I think it was when he kicked Caceres, tried to block it. Yep. That's exactly what it was. Snapped the forearm. Broke his forearm. So, Caceres was fighting most of this fight with one arm, Ugh. which, once you know that, it kind of explains how the fight went. Because it, was, it wasn't it was the most exciting fight, but it was a fight where Chikatze was in control the whole time. And right. it makes sense that he's in control when the other guy has one arm. Uh, Chikatze, like I said, his first fight back since January 2022, he didn't look as sharp as he typically does, but I feel like it was a good showing from him. He came in, he got three solid rounds in. A good good thing to do uh, when you had such a long layoff. Honestly, he'd probably rather that than have a, come in and have a quick knockout that we can kind of, you know, get some of that ring rust off. Right. Get his legs moving back under him a little bit. Get a little fight time under. So all in all, I think it was a very successful night for Chik- Chikotse. I think he came into this fight ranked uh, eight, eight or nine. Right. So a- he, eight or nine. So he's looking with this win. He was already before. Uh, his long layoff, he was kind of looking like a, a contender coming up. I think he definitely has earned himself probably like a top five fight, maybe like a number five, number four. I'm thinking maybe like a Brian Ortega, uh, Yair Rodriguez, Arnold Allen, maybe even if he gets lucky since Max Holloway's fighting everybody in the division and he's already beaten the guys we just talked about, maybe even Max Holloway. So Chikatze he's on the up and up. He's a guy to look out for. How do you think this fight went? What do you think about it? I, I think, you know, Casares did what he could despite having a broken forearm. I don't think he
0: tried to use it as an excuse by any means. Um, but, you know, that kind of paved the way for Chikadze being able to, you know, win all three rounds by unanimous unanimous decision,
1: uh, that being 30-27 by all three judges. Which is um, surprising because I had it 29-28 Chikadze. I thought Kassar probably won the first round, but it was very close, but still.
0: Yeah, like it's one of those where like he obviously won the fight, so.
1: Yeah, exactly. No point.
0: No point even like complaining about the judges because they didn't get too much wrong in in this whole card here. Um, But just talking about your your potential fights for Chikadze, his only loss in the UFC
1: is Calvin Cater. Calvin Cater. And Calvin Cater beat the shit out of him.
0: Right. A five-round
1: unanimous decision. They say it's the most disrespectful post-fight picture. They took a picture in the hospital together. Chakotse, black eye bleeding from everywhere. And, and Calvin w- Cater looked like he had not been in a fight. <laughs> right. So, you know, may, maybe he, you know, with his
0: win, uh, Cater's right above him in the rankings. Maybe they try to set that up for the future,
1: if not one of the I don't ones know. you I mentioned. I think the first fight was such a domination. Unless they have to set it up, there's no point to set that one up. That's fair yeah just I'm
0: chalcing out options obviously i'm not a I'm not a fight picker i'm just I'm trying to make some content brother believe the term is matchmaker brother I'm not that either Rinya Nakamura versus fernie Garcia it proved me wrong I thought he was going to get the knockout early in the fight um and Garcia really he just held held tough you know it was a dominant performance by nakamura. But to Garcia's credit, he didn't get knocked out like everybody thought was gonna happen. Um didn't get finished either. Didn't get finished at all.
1: Yeah, he Nakamura had a couple good submission attempts. Still has never been finished in his career, so props for that. And but he's also 0 3 in the UFC. But showed a like,
0: even though he got dominated, it was a big test for Nakamura.
1: Yeah, and he failed the test. There's no way in hell he passed the test. No, absolutely. Oh Nakamura, yes. No, Fernie Gar- Fer- failed, but Nakamura Fern- passed by just hanging Flying on Flying colors, level. yeah. He dominated. Right. He should have
0: I- knocked him out, but at the end of the day, he didn't.
1: Great decision victory for him. What do you think? Ladies and gentlemen of Japan, you have a Khabib. I don't mean that in terms of domination where he's going to go 29-0. and 0. In terms of this particular fight, though, He dominated him, and he did it by grappling, and it was the kind of grappling where he made you tired, and he just beat the shit out of uh, Garcia. He didn't get the finish. He had a few uh, submission attempts, but his submission attempts, although they didn't work, they definitely wore on Garcia. Uh, He was still being choked a little bit. I think he ended up having, in a 15-minute fight, he had something like 9, 10 minutes of control time in the whole fight, so it was just domination, From start to finish, he moves to uh, 8-0, 2-0 in the UFC. I don't think he's ready for a ranked opponent yet, but I think Nakamura is definitely on his way to that path. He's definitely a prospect to look out for. A name I like, it may be too big a jump of competition for him, in competition for him, but a name I like, he's not a ranked guy, but he has a big name, he would definitely get Nakamura uh, more known, is Cody Garbrandt. And I think, honestly, their styles... I think Nakamura would probably take him down and kind of do almost the same thing.
0: Yeah, have a very intentional fight, uh, have a, a smart game plan going in, and you know not have to take damage by a, a predominant striker like Garbrandt. That would that would be, be a very smart matchup, and it could potentially be a very smart fight from from either guy. Uh, Garbrandt just had to pull out, you know, recently with yeah, an but injury. I think Garbrandt.
1: There's no way he would fight a guy like Nakamura coming up like this.
0: No, it. it at his point in his career, it's too much of a challenge, a, a too, too much, much of, of a, a risk. Tr- it's not a
1: win. If he, if he wins, he is no plus. If he loses, he is all to lose. Nothing to win, everything to lose. But it would be a great fight. I would love to, for Nakamura for that to happen. All right, so now let's move on to maybe the fight that had the most title implications in this card. Aaron Blanchfield, cold-blooded, taking on Talia Santos, the Brazilian. Santos coming off... The tough split decision loss to uh, Valentina Shevchenko for the title Blanchfield probably the hottest prospect in the division She's not even a prospect anymore. She's a full-blown contender. This fight was a great fight Santos started off great first round. She looked faster. She was hitting uh, Blanchfield clean flush, but Blanchfield took the shots didn't really affect her too much and she was going forward the whole first round and she just kept doing that the whole fight as the fight went on, second, third round, Blanchfield took control. She did have about 10, 11, 12, somewhere around that range, takedown uh, uh, attempts. Attempts. Yeah. She didn't get one of them, but the attempts got her in the clinch. It got her wearing on Santos. By the end of the fight, Santos looked tired. By the third round, Blanchfield was the faster fighter on the feet, she was hitting Santos more. 29-28, I think all three judges had it. Yep, 29-28, all That's three That's what judges. I had it. 29-28, Blanchfield. She easily won the second and third round. Santos won the first. But it was an impressive performance for Blanchfield. How do you think this fight went? What do you think about it? Honestly, this was a, a great performance by Blanchfield. It, it looked like she stuck to her plan the whole
0: way through. You know, uh, Consistently going for the takedowns, even though she didn't get them. Santos had to defend takedowns. They were strategic. Right. You, you know, it takes a lot of gas to have to keep somebody off of you for the entire fight, which is one of the things that that helped Blanchfield, you know, gas Santos out, you know, deep into the third round, and it showed it showed that Santos didn't have as much gas. It showed that Blanchfield looked well more prepared even though coming in Santos might have been the better striker.
1: Yeah, Blanchfield she showed as you said, she had a game plan. And despite getting punched in the face, as the old Mike Tyson uh, saying says, once you get punched in the face, your game plan goes out the door. Her game plan did not. She stuck to it. It was a professional performance. Crazy that she's only 24 years old. And right now, honestly, it's almost undeniable that she should get the winner of the title fight coming up between uh, Shevchenko and Grasso.
0: Yeah, it's honestly not even something we really should play around with. I think she just gets it. Yeah, I think so too, especially
1: is. considering how good Santos fought against Shevchenko, arguably winning the fight. Yeah. Uh, Blanchfield, a name to look out for. Still only 24 years old is just crazy. Crazy to see.
0: Look out for Blanchfield. I'd venture to guess if Grasso keeps the belt, Blanchfield will be the new champion. If Shanchenko gets the belt... What a fight that would be. Man, I, it's a toss-up for me at this point. I got to see. I got to let the time pass to see a little bit more, but I'm excited either way. So either finishing off or opening up the main card, uh, depends on how you're watching and how you're listening to this. Um, Parker Porter versus Justin Taffa. Not Justin Taffa. Damn, I keep doing that.
1: Junior Taffa. The
0: brother, Junior Taffa, also knocked out Parker Porter the in the first round. They kept it in the family. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so Parker Porter got knocked out by both Tafa brothers inside of two minutes. Uh, completely different years. Very interesting. How close were they? There was something crazy, right? Uh, so Junior like Taffa, wise? this Saturday at uh, UFC Singapore, knocked out Parker Porter in one minute, 26 seconds. Junior Taffa knocked out Parker Porter in Justin 1 minute. Taffa. Damn it. Justin Taffa knocked out Parker Porter in 1 minute and 6 seconds a in their 22nd difference. Yep. Uh, Junior Taffa, the one from USC Singapore, the little brother, he knocked him out with a right hand and Justin knocked him out with a
1: left hand. Props to Junior too. That's his first UFC win. Moves to 5 and 1 overall all six of his fights have come since july of 2022 so this is a man he is working now look and we were talking about this a few minutes ago he's young in the heavyweight 26 division. years old that's that's young for a fighter in general but for the heavyweight division that's damn near a teenager
0: right he could do anything at any given point it like he can he's obviously not going to go down in weight class if i say
1: hell he could lose weight and get the 205
0: maybe I mean, 40 pounds, you never know. We've seen... Uh, who do we see with a six-pack? Derek Lewis had a six-pack. You never know what somebody like I mean,
1: Junior uh, Tafa
0: could drop Cannonier 40 pounds. went from
1: heavyweight to, to middleweight. That's true. I don't think he's going to do it. But... No.
0: Regardless of that, who do you see this Tafa, Junior Taffa brother,
1: fighting next? Maybe his brother? No, I'm just joking. That but would be crazy. That would be crazy. I don't think anybody would take that. I don't think they would take that fight. But... Good win for him, as I said, his first win. uh, I don't think he's ready for a top 15 opponent. I think he's a couple wins away. So I'm not sure who he would fight next, but good win for him. He's probably a fight or two away from a ranked opponent if he can get some quick knockouts.
0: Yeah, at that point, we'd be talking about somebody like Marcos Ruggiero de Lima or even like uh, Rodrigo Nascimento. Either one of those would be a, an easy heavyweight fight to give him a top 15 opponent. Not an easy match for him, but a good, you know, knockout opportunity for either opponent.
1: Damn, those are some well-informed names just off the top of your head. It's called
0: Google, sir. And now to kick off the bets and picks for UFC Singapore, 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 um, and not even a kick it off. It's, I guess, to recap it. I had a shit week. I went one and two. I got... Uh, junior tafa money line correct but i got Rinya nakamura under wrong and i also got ryan span wrong money line that pisses me off that moves me to 17 12 and one so i'm taking a little dip there not fun christian on the other hand he went two and one uh he did
1: what you do blanchfield and the over yeah, I had two wins on the Blanchfield fight. I had Blanchfield money line and the over on that fight. So they moved into to 2-0. And, and then the last fight, the last bet, I should have been 3-0. and o. Ryan Spawn has no killer instinct. I had the under uh, Spawn and Smith. He wow. had him hurt with like a minute and a half into the uh, second round. So and he, he had, just didn't. He had about a minute. He had him on the ground not wanting to get up. And he just, just kind of let him recover. It was disappointing. The most mad I've been about a bet in quite a long time. I was yelling at my TV, but regardless, two and one, 20 wins, ten losses. So I'm pretty much going twenty two and one every week. Yeah, I mean through which, ten
0: weeks, you're going two and one on average every week. So not it's pretty complaining solid. about that. Um, I haven't, so I need to pick that up for picks. A pretty good
1: week for both of us. We yeah, we hit the exact same picks.
0: Very very good week. Five and one both. It moves Christian to uh, forty two and twenty six. You obviously know he got Ryan Spann wrong. I got Ryan Spann wrong. It uh, moves me to forty-eight and twenty, so we're both pretty positive there. And uh, we went up against ChatGPT. I know I told everybody the picks last week, uh, but alarmingly, ChatGPT went six and zero.
1: Which, yeah, but this was easy. We went five and one. I'm not too worried about it. He got the one thing we got wrong. I don't
0: know why you keep putting a gender on the the computer system. He's a
1: man. Okay, he's watching UFC and he's picking fights. So uh, sorry, Laura. Laura Senko, ten and two. So far with chat GPT so batting pretty
0: good there Uh, We're doing pretty good with those. We got the chat GPT picks coming up for UFC Paris. So stay tuned for those
1: All right, so let's move on to the card this weekend. We'll take a look ahead at UFC Paris They're returning to Paris just the second time ever. The first time was last year. So the first fighter on the main card, we're going to take a look at Morgan. Help me out with his his last name. Sherrier. Morgan Sherrier. Manolo Zuccini. An Italian versus a a French guy. Both guys on their UFC debut. Uh, The Frenchman, Shasheri. No. Sherrier. The Frenchman, Sherrier. Excuse me three straight wins two straight finishes his last two wins and he's only gotten he has nine losses 18-9 overall only one of those is a finish so he doesn't get finished very often then the Italian Zaccini he comes in 11-3 and three overall also his UFC debut as we said two straight wins his last five wins it's in his last seven fights but his last five wins all finishes this is a fight it's hard to predict just because we don't know either guy very much as I said two uh two guys making their debut how do you see this fight going what do you think about it so for this
0: one i think um you know this was a bit of a late notice kind of change up with this card um this was originally supposed to be Giannis gamori versus Cowlin luffrin and then we were gonna have william gomez versus lucas almeida and then everything kind of got switched up uh so this fight was actually made this afternoon um and that that adds a little bit to the mix of why we don't you know
1: really know how to how to score these three, two young guys, Cherié twenty seven, Zacchini twenty six. I think on this one I go with Cherié.
0: I think you know with his recent uh, knockout victories, you know I think those are going to going to be what's propelling him forward. But Zaccini has two knockout victories as well.
1: Well, But I'm going with Cherie as well. Just I was cause... also going
0: to say coupled with the home
1: crowd. That's I the think only that's reason I'm going with Cherie is right. home crowd in Paris. The last pirate. Great, the nickname. Great nickname. Great nickname. Up and comer in the UFC.
0: Maybe. We'll see. Yep. Let's see. Kicking off the next fight in UFC Paris, we have William the Jaguar Gomes versus Giannis the Desert Warrior Gamori. Now each one of these guys were supposed to fight other people, but they made this match together because Lucas Almeida dropped out via injury.
1: Bunch two, of clusterfucks with that. So we had to kind of move on the fly here. Two Frenchmen fighting in Paris, so that's an interesting thing.
0: Yeah, so honestly the crowd will be split for whoever their fan favorite is. You know, whoever your personal French favorite is for that fight. That's a lot of alliteration. I like it. Um you know, what What do you think happens with this fight? You know, it's it's kind of a late notice. We both knew so they were each fighting, just not each other. Gomez
1: comes in 2-0 and in the UFC, 10 straight wins. Uh, his two wins in the UFC are decision wins, though. He was a finisher before he came in the UFC, so he's still trying to find ways to finish fights in the UFC. But he's taking on a guy in Giannis who, it's UFC debut, he does come in with nine straight wins. Uh, I think the experience plays a factor in this. I think Gomez keeps it on the feet. He's the better guy on the feet. So I think he keeps it on the feet, and he finishes the fight. I think he gets his first UFC finish, his third UFC win. He's a guy maybe to look out for.
0: That's good. I also have uh, Gomez winning this fight. The main reason for me, or the main kind of key to victory for me, is what you already hinted at, is he needs to keep the fight on the feet. I think if he keeps the fight on the feet, he has the advantage, and I think he's going to win. I take William Gomez for his home crowd, even though both have a home
1: crowd. UFC Paris, the favorite French fighter fighting on the feet. There you go. All right, so the next fight we're going to take a look at from UFC Paris is Vulcan No Time Ozdemir taking on the UFC debutant Bogdan Guskov. Ozdemir uh, comes in one and three in his last four in the UFC, six and six overall. So he's been very up and down, very inconsistent seems like he gets a couple wins, gets a couple losses, kind of goes back and forth, up and down like that. He's taking on, like I said, a guy making his UFC debut in GusKoff. Four straight wins, though, in his last four fights. All four of them first-round KOs. And a crazy stat I saw, his last two wins, so that was in March and in November of 2022, lasted a total of 55 seconds combined. So two quick knockouts. He's a guy that can... is used to finishing people early. I think he comes out and I think he continues that and he makes a big bang in the UFC. I think he finishes Volkan in the first round. I like it so much; it's not only my pick. I'm taking it as my first bet of the night. The money line plus 155. Goff getting the dub. How do you think this fight goes? So I agree with you on the
0: uh, on the bet. That's actually my first bet as well. I got Bogdan. Uh, guskov guskov bogdan guskov um i have him as my first bet shout out
1: uzbekistan
0: i think this fight changes the career trajectory of you know kind of that that stand you know he's uh what's his name ozdemir he's he's been a mixed bag right you said six and six in the ufc I think, but he's one and three in his last four, so he's already kind of like. I think this kind of plants that foot, goes to six and seven. I think he kind of gets out of the UFC after this. Yeah, you move to six and seven, they're probably they might get rid of you. You got more chances than most people get um, overall. I agree, Bogdan Guskov, money line underdog, first fight of the night, or first uh, underdog fight winner of the night. Let's go right here. First and only fight of the lightweight division for UFC Paris, we have Benoit, God of War Saint-Denis, versus Thiago Moises. Uh, Benoit comes in 11-1, two KOs, nine submissions, one decision loss, and one no contest. Uh, Moises comes in 17-6, three KO wins, eight submissions, six decisions, uh, losing one time by KO, one time by submissions, and four times by decision. I slept on Saint Denis last time out. Uh, he got a submission neck crank or face crank win over Ishmael Bonfim. He was like a plus thir- two thirty underdog on that fight, and I he's didn't say anything positive, not not like I said it, anything negative about him, but I didn't think
1: he was gonna win that fight. I've been a fan of his. This he's the second or third fighter we've had that this is the second fight we've covered. I think it's um, a second fighter. So I think that's going to be happening more in the coming weeks. It seems we're yeah, starting it's exciting. to cover a few. It is exciting, but I think Denis, I'm all on his train. I've been on his train since before we even started this podcast. Three and one in the UFC. He lost his first fight, but he's won three straight. Both these guys are submission guys. They're if they had a choice how to finish the fight, I think both guys would want to choke you out. Right. So it's going to be 17 submission victories combined. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of uh, plays out if. It's like if they go to the ground and they try to see who's superior or what you see a lot of times is both guys just say, we're not going to the ground, we're keeping this on the feet. Either way, it'll be interesting. I do have St. Denis winning the fight. That's my pick. He's also my second bet of the night. I have the money line, minus 160. He's a pretty heavy favorite comparing to last time, how big of an underdog he was. Uh, So that shows you the respect he earned in his last fight. And I'm going to – I've been respecting him, so I'm all on Ben – Benoit Saint-Denis.
0: I have to agree with you there. Um, you know, I, I've been kind of going, not going down, but losing a couple weeks here or there in the betting. And one of the things I uh, told myself I was going to do was focus more on just the money line bets. Just, just take copy my bets. Yeah, if I if only if I knew what you are betting in front, um, I would. So I actually took this as my second bet as well, so it sounds like a copy, but it's not. Um, watch, this is the week we go 0-3 on bets or something, so then there's nothing to stand on. Um, but, yeah, I picked Benoit Saint-Denis, second bet. Let's go French, France. Co-main event for UFC Paris features homecomer Manon, the Beast Poirot. Sorry if I got that wrong. I'm doing my absolute best in the French. Uh, fighting in flyweight, 125 pounds. Fighting Thug Rose Nama Yunus, the legend. Uh, so Foiro comes in ten and one in her career, ten. six
1: KOs, four decisions, one loss by decision. Ten straight wins. She lost her first career fight and has won ten in a row since then, including five in the UFC. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Thug Rose comes in eleven and five, two KOs, five submissions,
0: four decision victories, only losing one time by KO, once by submission, and three times by decision. Foro, honestly, she's perfect in the UFC here. She's beaten uh, people like Tabitha Ritchie, Myra Bueno Silva, uh, who just beat Holly Holm, and then— on, on steroids. On steroids, I have to add. But it was apparently ADHD medication. On steroids. Um, and then Katie Chukugian. Look, she's taking on the new, the new threat in the division. Moving up, Thug Rose,
1: Namajunas. Huge Yunus. step up in competition. Doug Rose is an elite fighter. This is a big step up for Foirot the Beast. I agree. Uh, But I think she's up for it. I think she comes in. I think she's the fighter on the rise. I think Rose is kind of the one. You don't know which Rose is going to show up. Is she motivated? Is she not? There's too many questions for Rose, and she's fighting a girl that's just such on a hot streak and looks to be ascending. I'm taking Foirot the Beast uh, in the fight, that's my pick. I'm also my last bet of the night. Son, don't tell me. Is, is this your over? last bet? The my over? last bet is the over Son of a fight.
0: bitch. Did I you think, plan this to where I had to open everyone so you could say your bet first so it seemed like I copied everything? I
1: think this is a fight that it's going to be a technical fight. Oh, this is total gonna bullshit be, from you. I think it may be a little uh, reminiscent of Rose's last fight. Kind of boring. Because neither fight is going to Wanna take a huge risk, but I think Foirot gets the dub. And yeah, I can say her name. All right, just ask me, come on. So what do you think about this fight, Alex?
0: Yada, 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 yada. yada. Hey, look, I picked uh, Manon Foirot as my pick for the night. And look, my last bet of the night is Foirot versus Yunus over.
1: So you see Alex has found the right strategy. This is some bullshit. Wait till I pick take my pick pretend like you already had it i respect it it's not when we're talking real money it's not a dumb thing to do so i can't even be mad i like the spin zone all right so let's move on to the main event of ufc paris Paddy cyril bone Gamon gone taking on sergey spivak the polar bear Cyril Ghosn comes in 11-2 overall. He has lost two out of his last three, but he's lost two to two of the best, probably heavyweights of all time, Jon Jones, Francis Ngannou. Besides that, he's 8-2 in the UFC. Well, including that, 8-2 and two in the UFC. So pretty much everybody else he beats except for, like, goats. He's taking on Spivak, who comes in with a three-fight winning streak uh, those three fights are after he got knocked out in the first round by Aspinall, Tom Aspinall, in September of 2021. So it begs the question, is he ready for the elite competition? He's taken one stab at it. He got knocked out first round, came back one three in a row, impressive fights. So now he's taking on Cyril Gan, who I consider an elite heavyweight fighter, probably the best pure striker in the heavyweight division. So this is a very, very interesting fight. How do you think this fight goes, Alex? Man, this is a different one. The uh, the heavyweights are
0: always crazy. You know, they can they can be the type of heavyweights where they're they're gassed going into the second round, and you know they're just heavyweights by weight. But then they have heavyweights like this, where the the John Jones, the Cyril Gons, the Tom Aspinalls, if you will, and in, in this case, even uh, Sergey Spivak. Yeah, I was about to say he's not, he's a, he's a fit, he's an in shape guy. He's a fit heavyweight. You know, it's hard for somebody to be two fifty
1: plus. You know. Or, you know, two forty plus walking around The fighting Heavyweights with those have weights. gotten so good and so athletic nowadays in the modern era that you can't be an out-of-shape fat guy. Like they used to be a couple. Right. So that that's that's the biggest question here. You know, you, you asked
0: it. Is Spivak ready to face elite competition? You got Sir, Cyril Gone. Cyril gone. Um, where'd my cinnamon toast go? He you know, he's a second rank contender in heavyweight. You know, he's you know, only second to Sergei Pavlovich, and then John Jones is the champion. But more importantly, I think Sergei has what it takes to defeat Ghan. Gon hasn't fought since his John Jones fight, since his loss. Yeah, but that's
1: that's sooner of a fight than Spivak's last fight. Right, but what I'm saying is it stays in your head longer. I don't know, because his only other loss against Ngannou, who came back to the next fight and knocked to... Uh... He did, but that was a decision, yeah. right? Maybe no, he knocked him out. No, Third no, around. the Nganu fight. Enganu was a decision.
0: Right, so that, that's a different kind of fight. When you get, you know, I know Inganu, uh He didn't get knocked, he just got gillied. Well, yeah, Cyril Gan got choked out, but still, that, that changes you. When you take a loss by actually getting beaten, it's different than taking a fight to the decision versus a man where most people thought you were going to get knocked out. So I think Sergei here is going to win the fight. I'm taking him as the underdog, plus 136. No bet here, just a pick. I like throwing that one out. You know, I think, I think it's a good one
1: for uh, Cyril yeah. Gan to get upset. I have a hard disagree. I think Cyril Gan responds well. I think he stays by what he's been, which is he's better than everybody except for the elite of the elite. I think he gets the win here in front of the home crowd. Cyril Gan, uh I don't have a bet for it, but I think he moves a 12-2 overall. So I know we haven't done anything like this yet,
0: uh, but we also haven't had a uh, football season upon us. Uh, week zero of college football was last week we decided we're kicking things off with betting expansion week one college football Uh, basically we talked about it we're gonna add a couple football bets a week whether it's college NFL you get we get to pick honestly if you comment tell us we might pick one of those if you see a line that is worth going after Uh, then I can blame a loss on somebody else other than myself that would be great so we'll be given five bets total a week correct Yeah,
1: five bets. Three MMA, two football.
0: Yeah, three MMA, two football. Um, So this week, kind of kicking it off. I have a fantasy football dynasty that I'm currently... um, I've never heard of this. You're trying to tank in dynasty. Right. Well, yeah, you don't really play fantasy, so I wouldn't expect you to know. But I'm tanking in dynasty so I can get Caleb Williams. My he first may be bet, a bust. My first bet of the college football season is going to be a Caleb Williams anytime rushing scoring touchdown. First bet, college football.
1: What do you have for your first one? So my first one, uh, I'm a huge LSU fan. They have a big top 10 matchup this week in Orlando against Florida State. They were actually, uh, I think, like minus 150, 160 favorites, just straight money line. So I'm actually taking the spread, two and a half. So I'm taking LSU minus two and a half with odds of minus 110. Nice. I think LSU comes in second year under Brian Kelly. They have a, very, they have a team returning with a lot of talent, a lot of guys returning. I think they come in, put it all together. I think they win by 10-plus points in this.
0: Nice. I, yeah, I could definitely see. If they're anything like the 2019 LSU team, I could definitely see something like that happening. We can only hope. I uh, my, my second and last football bet, and then we'll kind of just give you like a full recap of all the bets going down this week. If you want to follow any, you can. Um, my second and last football bet of the week is Tennessee covering 27.5 points versus Virginia.
1: See, that's an interesting one because Virginia is supposed to be very bad, which hints the 27.5 favorite.
0: Right, and listen, I, I'm the first to point out that I'm not a big college football guy. I don't watch it. I'm trying to get into it more. Tennessee
1: is notoriously a – they had a good year last year. Weren't they like the number one offense in the nation last year? Yeah, that's very rare. But what I was going to say is they're notoriously I I I hedged everything on that. They have a lot of tradition. They're a team uh, with a lot of hype, and they rarely live up to it. So that's the only reason I'm hesitant. But I do think they handily win the game. The 27.5 just kind of scares me because I could see like a 24-point win. But not a bad pick. And what's your last bet? My last bet, I'm going with a slight underdog. It's a rivalry game, South Carolina, North Carolina. North Carolina comes in, I think, ranked 14 or 15 against unranked South Carolina. But South Carolina, the SEC school, SEC always carries a little bit extra weight going into these non-conference games against the ACC school rivalry game. So I'm taking South Carolina, second year. With uh, quarterback Spencer Radler, I think it's a third year their head coach. They keep improving. I'm taking their money line, South Carolina over North Carolina, at plus 114. So a little double your money over a little bit. Nice. I like it. So those are my two football bets. You want to recap your five?
0: Yeah, so basically for this, um, we got five bets going into this week. First time ever, we have the same three MMA bets. So we both have Bogdan Guskov, uh, money line, plus 150. Benoit-St. Denis money line, minus 146 is what I got it at. I think you got it pretty close to the same thing. And then uh, Foireau versus Nama Yunus over. And then for the football bets for myself, I'm going to have Caleb Williams anytime touchdown scorer. That would be a rushing touchdown touchdown anytime in the game. And then I have Tennessee covering 27.5 versus Virginia. That's a slight favorite of minus 110 there.
1: Yeah, so my two football bets, as you said, we had the three same MMA bets, so no reason to say those again. My two football bets, I'm taking LSU minus 2.5 points with minus 110 odds. And then I'm taking South Carolina Moneyline, slight underdog, plus 114. right so now let's move on to our top five of the week again we've done it i think eight out of the 11 weeks we've done this podcast it's gonna be a theme top five at first we tried to do i would argue everything's been a theme well at first we tried to do like specific ufc but then we kind of got on this train which i like of whatever the wherever the location we try to do a theme based off of that i've never been on a train especially when it's a unique location like this UFC Paris, so it's France. Only the second time the UFC's ever fought in uh, Paris, and the second in time France. in two years. Yeah, the, well, they just legalized it like last year. That's why the first fight was last year, first card, and this is the second fight, which is crazy. So you mean to tell me the other guys they had to like fake? Ch- they had to go to like boxing gyms and then like train MMA almost illegally. Oh MMA was illegal in France until like at. Like, four years ago. That's crazy. It is crazy, especially since they have so many uh, talented guys on the roster. Like, we just went over pretty much every French fighter.
0: So, I'd have to guess that uh, UFC would not make this
1: week's top five. Yeah, UFC's not making this week's top five. But this week's top five is... Top five French things. So much like we did with the Boston... This is just general. We're taking it very uh, liberal. So any kind of noun can be French, can have French in it, can just be related to French as long as you make a compelling argument. So top five French things. I think this will be fun. Can we
0: start with our honorable mentions? Do we start with honorable mentions? Or No, you end
1: with honorable mentions. All right, I'm a moron, sorry. Or I think you do honorable mentions before you do number one is generally how it goes. Okay. But anyway, sure. Your number five, top five French things. Let's hear it. My number five, or my
0: top, my fifth top French thing would be the Statue of Liberty. Ooh. Best gift from the French to, in my opinion, the best country. Um, They gave us the Statue of Liberty. So, in my opinion, it has to be one of the best French things because we have it.
1: You make a compelling argument.
0: They also, one of the most famous uh, French paintings is actually about the Statue of Liberty as well from
1: an artist. I mean, it's you know definitely like top one or two. Uh, I mean, American, it's up there with the Eiffel American, Tower. But it's like yeah, for monuments. For worldwide monuments. In America, it's definitely like one or two. They also have a miniature Statue of Liberty in Las Vegas, in France. Oh, in France too?
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's like a replica of the one they gifted us. That's a good number five. What you got for number five?
1: So my number five, I'm going to the sports theme. Uh, this is the, probably the best soccer player, football footballer in the world right now. I'm going Kylian Mbappe. I've heard of Mbappe. You've heard of Mbappe. He had a hat-trick in the World Cup final against Messi. hat the th- that's three, three goals. Three goals. So he had three goals in the World Cup final, which is crazy. In bowling, they call that a turkey. In bowling, they do call it a turkey, and he lost. But he had wait—he had a hat trick, and they lost. And they lost to Messi in in Argentina. Do you act like I remember? I don't pay attention to the soccer's. I mean, that's like the one you definitely saw that. I remember.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing it,
1: but I I didn't know Mbappe was on that team. Cool. All right, but yeah, Mbappe—he uh, won the World Cup four years before with France in 2018. He's still only like 25 years old. He's one of the best soccer players in the world. He's French. So my number 5, Kylian Mbappe. I know you don't have a lot to add to that. No offense. He uh I've heard of him.
0: He's cool. He uh He is cool. You have so- heard of soccer him. Soccer player. Like listen, for me to have heard of him, I've heard of like Ronaldo, Messi, Mbappe. I saw Harry Kane on a TV show, so Harry it was like, Kane. I like Harry. Kane. I got like he five of them. Yeah, like five people in my uh in my soccer roster. Hey, is soccer em-
1: American soccer ambassador? I'm happy for the progress. Right. Let's so, hear your number four. My number four is a 2007
0: film, arguably one of the best Pixar films. Oh, no. Did I did I get you? I think you got me. The movie Ratatouille. I do have that on my list. Nice. So that movie slaps on so many levels. Uh, it's about a mouse who can
1: cook. He gets... I know he's a mouse, but I like to refer to him as a rat. Right, he's a rat that can cook. It sounds way bad when you say it's a rat cooking in Paris. Uh, you know, long it story makes a little too much sense. Heartwarming,
0: you know, the the rat can cook. He gets under the uh, the trust of a chef who helps him cook. It's a weird story, but it's just heartwarming. It's a very good story. You watch it. It's it's a heartfelt movie. It was before, um, you know, everything had to have so many ulterior motives. It was just a good story.
1: It's a great story. One of the best Pixar movies. As you said, it's kind of one of the last like, real great, at least like those animated movies that are meant for kids and adults. Right. That didn't have any kind of like message behind it. It was just a good, heartfelt movie. I love that movie. I have it later on the list. I don't have it at number four, though. What do you have for number four? So my number four, I think everybody will appreciate this both men and women uh-oh gay and straight uh-oh it's a good old french kiss uh-oh that's the germanist thing i'm gonna hear today i think a french kiss that's how you know like sorry that's the most germanic thing i'm gonna hear today if you have a regular kiss for somebody it doesn't mean anything you could kiss your friend as a joke and like regular kiss doesn't mean anything get away from me come here <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah right when you do a french kiss with somebody it gets serious whether it's like you're trying to have a relationship with them or anything that's when it's maybe not serious well the but moment like, is serious It's it definitely is serious. no play thing no more the moment is serious and it's definitely a turner uh a corner turned
0: yeah look I, that i will say that is a way better pick than uh french fry or like french onion soup
1: So both of those on my honorable mentions. So if
0: if if any non-French thing is going to make the list, I I can appreciate French Kiss making the list over one of the other uh, low-hanging fruit, if you will, type of French non-French things.
1: So I'm going to jump ahead of you, number three, just because we just talked about it. My number three is Ratatouille. Great movie. We just talked about it. Pixar movie. Great movie. Pixar movie. movie. Love it. What's your number three?
0: So my number three here. this is just what I'm going to call it, but it's more for what French people as a whole stand for. Um, I'm going to call it the Paris Retirement Revolt. So they just changed the retirement age from like 62 to 64. It's not a big deal in, in my mind. It is a big deal, though, two years of your life. Right, but obviously for the French people, it's a, it's a big deal as well because they are, they had a huge revolt. So what I'm saying is... My number three is going to be the Paris Retirement Revolt, but in the sense of the people are standing up to the government to say, listen, that's not what we signed up for. That's not what we agreed upon. We're taking a stand, kind of drawing our
1: line in the sand, if you will. No, I very much like that pick. It is a uh, kind of the people drawing their line in the sand, taking a stand against the government, which as long as it doesn't get too crazy, I'm all for. Right, Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it kind of goes against the, uh, it, not goes against, but it's almost like an American, a, a trait that Americans would attribute to themselves. Right, but, but France in this case. But France is doing it. So it makes you kind of open your mind worldwide where it's like, maybe it's not just Americans that are.
0: Right, they're collectively patriotic in their own right. They're exactly. collectively taking their own stand in their own right. And, you know, that's it's admirable. That's, right, that's an admirable feature.
1: That's a good, that's a good number three. What you got for number two? So my number two, this is kind of a broad one. I'm going the French language. It's romantic. I think it's the romantic language. If you just listen just based off a sound and you don't know anything, like you can't understand any language. Right. I think French is probably one of the best sounding languages. Uh, As you said, romantic. It just flows. It's like they're talking in cursive. It's pretty crazy. And honestly, so I took French... um...
0: 1 year in middle school and 2 years in high school because I uh I was hard-headed and didn't want to learn Spanish for whatever I did the reason. Same
1: thing. I did all of
0: high school though. And honestly, from what I can remember, it you know, I've tried to learn Spanish since. I've tried to learn, you know, it's very Chinese similar, like or or uh, Mandarin since, and I'll have to say French was the easiest I've ever attempted to learn.
1: What thing is very similar to learning Italian or Spanish like structure and everything
0: right once you pick it up it, a once lot of it flows it together
1: but yeah I'd it's agree. A, just a beautiful language uh, so my number two is the French language what's your number two
0: my number two is something that is most common in France as a, a former military standpoint from anywhere other in the in anywhere else in the world it's gonna be castles I like it France has the most castles compared to anywhere else. I uh, believe they call them Chateaus. Chateaus. Right. There are forty five thousand castles or chateaus in France, and most of them, if not all of them, at some point were military strongholds meant for defending their position or their their area. The cool thing about that, so with forty five thousand castles, there's Just over 35,000 communities, so there's over one castle per community in France.
1: There's been civilizations in France for so long that those have been around since probably the medieval times. Right. That was before France was even a thing, so it was just like cities on their own. So it was like whoever had the castle, they were in charge, and they were the leader. Exactly. However far they could control the land
0: so thinking about that that makes you give it gives you those medieval those game of thrones very very cool
1: those conquer uh,
0: if you're if you're a pc gamer those civ civilization vibes age of empires right all those type of vibes castles are great you know as kids kids i always wanted to build castles
1: i feel like castles a thing when you're a kid your interest is super high teenager very low as i get older as a man castles are cool as fuck right so castle's number two what you got so my number one french thing i'm going the athlete route again i'm going to soccer player footballer again oh no he's the best french player of all time i believe he's the best arsenal player of all time which is really why i picked him in this thierry henry i mean if you watch him play his stat or his highlights he'll make you fall in love with football uh just a great player. He's a great guy. He's on TV now. He's funny. He's suave. He's French. He's just the man. So Thierry Henry, my number one, my favorite Frenchman. He's a cool ass dude. Good-looking dude, no homo. He's a great player.
0: Wow, dude, that's crazy. So yeah, um, I've actually heard of this guy too. Um, you know, 46 years old, six foot two, you know, played for
1: Arsenal. He's very well, he's he played in MLS for a little while.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was with the New York Red Bulls, right? Yeah, New York Red Bulls. Yeah, I'm not looking on Wikipedia to find out anything about this guy at all. Uh, yeah, you've heard of Tiareonry? I've honestly, I'm looking at a picture of him right now on Wikipedia. I've never seen this guy There's in my life. There's no way life. I sent
1: you. They have the the TNT NBA show of soccer, and I said, yeah, you maybe that. in that, that maybe
0: in that context I've seen it. But dude, never. Dude, he's literally one of the most famous, one of the and best look, can, footballers. Can you can you do me a favor, though? Can you say his name right?
1: Thierry Henry. No, no. Can you say uh, Thierry Henry? <laughs> can you say it right? No, because that's not his name. Okay. Just Henry checking. is definitely how you say his last
0: name. Um Happy late birthday, August 17th. I just turned 46. Um, to a, a guy, Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry. Sorry if I got it wrong.
1: Um, yeah,
0: good number one. I just... Sorry, he's, I never heard of him. He's
1: mocking us, by the way. Um, What's your number one, asshole? The guillotine. Of course.
0: <laughs> uh, it's the, you know, top executioner weapon, you know. It's the epitome of the fucking fuck around and find out machine, if you will. Um, there, were, there have been kings executed on it. There have been queens executed on it all the way down to peasants it is the epitome and I'll say it again it is the epitome of the fuck around and find out machine it is the unbeaten even a dull blade will take it ahead off and I'm not talking about the MMA move I'm talking about the medieval weapon to behead people
1: well you didn't even say the best French version of the guillotine you can talk French Revolution speak King Louis yeah
0: speak when his eyes were, uh, he blinked like fourteen times yeah, or something. That's ridiculous. the best. That's
1: the creepiest thing I ever heard when I was in school. It is. Uh, I mean, guillotine, very French. Pretty much, I don't. I don't even know if they invented it, but because of that,
0: I looked it up. It said they invented it. It's it's kind of all, all hard with old history because people claim things. Yeah. And they just kill everybody who French says name. other than they,
1: than they say so. French name, uh, uh, using a big French like the french revolution probably the one of the most famous french things of all time
0: yeah the, it, it's actually the dawn of the term off with his head
1: yeah so i i could
0: see why that is the case you know in my opinion it is not the not the most like inherently french thing but in my opinion it is the top french thing
1: so there you go there are each of our top five favorite french things let us know what you think in the comments Send us DMs if you want to. Just let us know. All
0: right. Jumping into Q&A with an N. That's going to be questions and answers with some news. What do you want first? Questions, answers, or news? Let's go questions. Okay. I was really hoping you weren't going to say answers because then you just have to tell me something.
1: That would be fun, too.
0: All right. So question number one. We kind of touched on this before, but... If Max Holloway doesn't get the fight, say so. He say he has to move up. What's next for Max Holloway?
1: So you're saying Max Holloway moves up to 155? Right, he goes back up to lightweight. Who He's, does he fight? Yeah, who's what's next for him? I think the fight. There's two fights that jump to mind for me. Number one, the one I would most want to see him versus Justin Gaethje. Oof, that would be brutal. I think it would be brutal, and it would it would. His chin held up against uh, Poirier. He has the best MMA chin, as we talked about. Him versus Gaethje. I agree. Because I a think hell if, of he, a if he, if he if it gets past three rounds, he'll drown great. Gaethje. I like that. I think that would be a great fight. If not that fight, then I'm going Max Holloway, Michael Chandler. Max Holloway, Mike. Pretty Ooh. much a, wa- a Wish.com version of the first fight I mentioned.
0: Yeah, just a straight-up war. A little bit. A late, war with or a weaker this, chin. or
1: Not even Wish.com. It's the last fight I talked about, Gaethje Holloway, right. on Fast Forward. Right. Because Chandler would just blitz him, kind of like Korean Zombie did, except he has a little more power than Korean Zombie. Right. So you'd but probably you hurt Max if... a little bit, but Max would, I think Max would just knock him out eventually.
0: In that same regard, if Max went up to 155, yes bigger
1: right he gains
0: power so he can withstand a little bit more power
1: yeah those are the two fights max holloway justin gaethje max holloway michael chandler okay so this is a
0: two-part question number i guess first part which fight are you most looking forward to that's already been
1: scheduled So you want me to answer that first?
0: Yeah, and then I'll just kind of throw in the second part because the second part isn't a tandem question to that. It's not a why, it's a uh, what's like your dream matchup. That's like realistic. It's we're not talking like Khabib coming out of retirement and fighting Silva. We're talking like a realistic dream matchup. Saying like,
1: yeah, we uh, get. I get it. I get it.
0: Right. So the. So I One, guess it's
1: not a two-part. It's
0: just a, <clears throat> just a two separate, separate question. questions.
1: So the first question: What fight that's already scheduled am I most looking forward to? Right. I think I'm gonna go John Jones versus Stepe Miocic. I like that. Why? Steve. John Jones, obviously the goat. Uh, he came in first fight at heavyweight, dominated Cirigliani. Now he's facing a guy who's arguably the heavyweight goat in Stepe Miocic. He hasn't fought in a while, but he's a great fighter. He can wrestle. So that's the big thing. Cyril Gunn isn't known as a wrestler. John Jones is a big wrestler. Stipe is a big wrestler. So I'm interested to see that fight. It'll kind of, uh, if John Jones wins, he can kind of lay claim to being the top heavyweight of all time, too. Yeah. Which would almost cement his legacy as being the best of all time. Uh, so that's the fight I'm looking forward to because I think John Jones probably wins, but I think there is a scenario in a world where Stipe defeats john jones
0: i mean we saw that same type of matchup with uh sterling o'malley last weekend or two weekends ago um you know the heavy wrestling style coming with a with a striker who can also you know wrestle when he has to we didn't know he was injured but you know he can stuff a takedown if he has to and you know the striker took the advantage there next part of the question or different question if you will what is your dream realistic matchup? You know, it's a fight that could actually happen. So this is it. A fight. Might actually get scheduled.
1: This you is never a know. fight that I hope gets scheduled. Very well could happen, and one half of the party is asking for it. Okay. I want Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, three in New Orleans. Oof. I think it's a deserved third fight. They're one-one. Both guys. Finishing the other one, both guys at the top of the game. It's an entertaining fight. New Orleans deserves a fight. Poirier deserves a headliner in Louisiana. I think it's the perfect fight to make. The fans would love it. Man, that's a
0: that's a great decision. I don't care if I'm biased. I like it. Um, I have I have no qualms with that at all. Um, next. And lastly, I think, so there's been, there's been heavy, heavy, heavy talk about this rumored UFC 300 card they're setting up. Yeah, they just keep,
1: people just keep making up rumors about it.
0: But we've heard a lot of rumors from Dana. At this point, we're hearing that Ronda's coming back for UFC 300. He shot it down. So without, it doesn't even matter. That's not part of the question. With UFC 300 seemingly scheduled for what? Next year? I think they're saying like March or April of next year. Right. Not wrong. With that coming up on, on the horizon, I mean, that's, that's nearly six months away at this point. Who do you think actually going to fight UFC 300? With I mean, all the rumors and speculation, can you weed anything out? Can you say for certain that you see any fight actually lasting
1: through? I think it's too far out to even start naming fights for it. But I think what they're going to try to do is like what they've done before is line up like probably three, maybe four title fights for the card.
0: Or is UFC 300 the big promotional thing that the UFC is trying to get the matchmaker? You've seen that, right? Create your own card. Yeah, I think that's just a game.
1: I think they're just going to stack it up as much as they can. I think it's too far out right now. to. uh, And why is that the biggest promotion For the UFC. Why is that
0: the biggest highlight? Is it just because it's UFC 300?
1: Yeah, because they made a huge deal out of 100 and 200. Right, so it's the tricentennial. Yeah. Well, not
0: really, because that means 300 years. 300 years of fighting, in my opinion. Taking 300 years off of lives, that's for sure. Probably a little bit more. Yeah. You saw um, Mighty Mouse talking about how easy MMA or UFC I disagree with him on Was this. the easiest
1: way to be a world champion? I disagree just for the fact that there's like first of all there's way more boxing weight classes and there's like 6 or 7 different belts in each weight class. But to there
0: I'll say that's true. But to his point, we've seen UFC fighters admittedly pass their prime walk in after being able to strike for years and years and years and get completely floored by boxers left and right. You know, yeah, that's boxing. No excuse. That's not fighting. So what's, you know, that? but that's
1: one of the things he's comparing it to. No, but if they came and MMA'd with the MMA guys, they would get destroyed just as they're, they're going to boxing. So
0: where, where has he come from saying this, that it's the easiest thing? What, what was his stance on it? I don't know.
1: I just saw it, and I was like, "He's I, I don't agree him. with him either. I love Mighty Mouse. But I know that's one I, of your favorite fighters. That's why I wanted to ask you. I love him, but I have completely disagreed with him. I think boxing is way easier, just for the fact more weight classes and more belts. Fair enough.
0: All right. Well, look, that's going to wrap up uh, the Q&A portion of the Q&A with an N. The last thing I want to talk about is a little bit of news featuring Kamara Usman. Who? And Wonderboy
1: Steven Wonderboy Thompson. You talking about the former welterweight champ, Kamaru Usman?
0: Yeah, who everybody just like completely flipped on as soon as he, you know, made one mistake at the end of a fight he dominated. That guy. I yeah, like so, that guy. I do too. Uh so Stephen Wonderboy Thompson was called out by Ian Machado Gary recently. He turned it down. He's also recently come out
1: and say why he turned it down. They also offered him uh, Jack Della Malolina. Yeah, they offered
0: him there. He said he would have fought both of them. But when he heard that Usman mentioned him, that's immediately what his eyes kind of set on. So, in my opinion, I think be on the lookout now for Wonderboy Thompson, Kamara Usman,
1: striking clash, yeah and it's one of those things you cannot blame steven Wonderboy thompson at all he's already a f- uh, into his 40s absolutely yeah he needs kamaru to usman gets him if he i think we talked about this earlier if he came in and he knocked out kamaru usman with a head kick he would get an instant title shot that's his goal as a title right and, that gets him and, to the quickest of the title and with
0: with his style of fighting he doesn't have to take a lot of damage to win of course he can go longer in fights because of his fighting style he's you know he's a karate master if you will uh it, it helps him with the striking with the evading you know and the counters so i'd be interested to see this fight and you know honestly hope it happens hopefully see it by the end of the year
1: yeah that'd be a good one to 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 watch entertaining i got one piece of news Uh oh did you see what mcgregor posted uh in the past couple of days I saw something, but he posted I posted a countdown to it's like December 15th, which is the last UFC card. Uh, McGregor Chandler, but he posted like a clock counting down to it, and it was on the official UFC webpage. But the UFC hasn't said anything, hmm. So everybody's wondering when are they going to announce it? When are they going to announce it, and are they going to let Conor McGregor fight without passing a drug test? I mean... Because Dustin Poirier mentioned it. He was pissed about it. I imagine he's not the only fighter that would be pissed.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's going to give us stuff to talk about for weeks and weeks and weeks if they let him fight without passing a drug test prior to, you know, the, the deadline. Because the deadline has passed, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be... You have to be in the testing pool for six months. Right. But, at the same token, we've been led on this leash for months and months and months with no answers, no word... Dana promising, and then saying nothing afterwards. Honestly, it's not that I'm over the McGregor train, but I'm overhearing about it. I either I want him to fight. Are. I either want the guy to fight or get out. Shut the fuck up. Right. I like, think a lot of people share your sentiment, me included. And look, I'm a huge, I'm a huge McGregor fan when he's fighting. But when he's just sitting out, just out there talking, talking about shitty beer,
1: or I'm be. out. I'm out. You know, either fight. You saw him force that beer down Anthony Joshua's throat. Yeah, that was actually kind of funny. (laughs) That was funny. Then he called out KSI. It's like, come on, bro. Yeah,
0: he he look. He just went out there trying to just promote, make some money, whatever. He might have been under the influence a little bit. But at the same time, I don't care if he does that. If he's fighting, if he's not fighting, why are you in the ring?
1: If you're, get out. I agree. Thanks for listening to episode 11 of Split Decision. Check us out next week when we recap UFC Paris and take a look ahead to UFC 293, Israel Adesanya, Sean Strickland. In France, it's
0: illegal to name a pig Napoleon. Thanks for listening to episode 11 of Split Decision. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. And remember, the ultimate victory is sharing, so spread the word. And until next round, keep your guard up and keep listening.